Today we're joined by Cal, Head of Product and Service Design at Palladium Digital. Fluent in English, Arabic and German, Cal is not one to shy away from hard work, completing his PhD at the tender age of 25. An avid fan of maths and a self-confessed human calculator, Cal is an expert in driving growth for private equity-backed businesses through digital strategy and transformation. However, it's working with a great team that Cal draws his inspiration from. Having worked with and overseen digital transformation projects for over 10 years, we're keen to hear more about Cal's top tips and what inspires him. So Cal, welcome today. Thanks for coming in to Absolutely. speak to us. Um, the first thing we like to start off with is just doing some quick fire icebreaker questions. Okay. So cats or dogs? Dogs, definitely. City or countryside? From Cairo, so city. Uh, London or Cairo? Ooh. Uh, Cairo is where family is. Yeah. Uh, Cairo is probably the best holiday destination. London for career and work. So both. <laughs> okay. Uh, winter or summer? Summer only if there's a beach. Sandals or flip-flops? Flip-flops. <laughs> Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. And speedos or swim shorts? Swim shorts. I hope no one's ever answered speedos, by the way. Just, just to be on record. <laughs> Um, so your current role is Head of Product and Service Design, um, and I just was wondering if you could explain a little bit to our listeners about um, what that role is and what it kind of includes your day-to-day. Okay, so uh, so at Palladium, we, we work with private equity-backed businesses throughout their journey from pre-acquisition to actually post-transaction. So the Product Service Design team has multiple components there. So we support private equity firms at the beginning pre-acquisition in their due diligence. So we assess an organization's product roadmap, the ways of working, uh, their product delivery methodology, how their team is structured, uh, the feasibility of the roadmap and how they can achieve their goals. That's kind of your pre-acquisition state. Post-acquisition, when they've acquired the business, uh, we do a full transformation. So a digital transformation um, kind of piece of work. Service design really focuses on looking at all ends of uh, an organization. So we look at customer experience, we look at people, process, technology, making sure that they have the operational process in place to, to service that customer experience. So we don't want to design a pretty journey that we can service and we don't want to optimize processes just for cost cutting and that's really it. So we look at the end to end. Once we do that, we kind of come up with a roadmap for implementation and growth. And that's where the product team comes in. Um, and do you find that as part of your role that you end up working a lot on client sites as opposed to working back at the HQ in London? Yeah, mostly I think. So the first, first part of the role, so if I'm doing a due diligence, it's mainly in the office because it's just uh, information gathering and then analysis or some interviews maybe. Uh, in the digital transformation programs, definitely on client site. And what's the one thing you love most about that role? You in I think in the, that field in general, you work with very intelligent, capable people. So you you kind of be forced to always be on your A game. Uh, you forced to always be make yourself better because everyone is really good. Uh, and then you also change industries very quickly. So I'm someone who gets really bored very quickly. Uh, so eighteen months maximum on a project is probably enough. Uh, we can help. You can make an impact, and then we go to the next one. And is it kind of any industry, I guess, with the different clients that you have, obviously working with 
private equity firms, does it just depend on who they're, who they're investing in? Yeah, so we have clients that range from pharma to education to debt collection. Wow, really broad range. Yeah. And I guess within that role, is it quite useful that you're in different sectors? Are you able to bring different learnings on how different sectors um, operate? Uh, yeah, I think the principles are generally the same in, 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 in most sectors. Uh, we also have a very diverse team. So we have people who've worked across those sectors as well. So different backgrounds. Uh, in TMT, we have people who worked with the FDA, just looking at pharmaceutical uh, research and bringing drugs to market. Uh, people worked in media. Uh, and also our backgrounds are very different. So we have experienced people from like, big four and kind of consulting firms. And uh, we have also people from agency backgrounds. Just so we have a range of... Uh, and I guess it's, you said in a previous interview that how important people are to you. Yeah, you don't you don't succeed without a strong team. I think I think gone are the days where you've got like an individual that can drive things um, and that's across you want your peers to be challenging you want your mentees and your junior team members to be challenging I think everyone comes with a different perspective um, and generally the point about you succeed with your team is because they also do the work so you can provide guidance leadership mentoring you can create a plan but it's people who execute. And if you take an analogy, even in, in sports, in the football the football world, for example, I'm a big fan of, uh, the team play. The manager can do everything outside, but if they t- the team doesn't deliver, it's kind of pointless. You can get the best manager in the world, but if the players are not uh, good enough, they're not getting any results. And I guess moving on from that question, in terms of you mentioned football, if money was no object, what would your ideal career be? It will be in football. Mm-hmm, I thought that. Uh, Rangers, I think I've got two options in that space that I'll be interested in. I'd love to be a manager, but comes with stress. Uh, I don't mind the stress, but it's also it's just too much sometimes. Uh, I don't mind being a scout. Like I watch every probably match in the world at, right now, so I think I've got a, a, a good database of players that no one knows. Uh, if I can monetize that, that would be brilliant. With your with your maths brain, exactly. I guess <laughs> you probably uh, stored a lot of information up there and can do your calculations. <laughs> yeah, so I'll definitely be in that. It's, anything in football will probably be my dream job. Um, and then in terms of your career so far, you've had a really impressive career so far. You've been at IBM and EY. Um, is there a kind of moment in your life where anything changed? Obviously, growing up in Cairo. I think we've got two big moments. One is a failed interview straight after my PhD. Uh, I, I thought I did really well. I thought I would get the job. Uh, it was one of the big uh, strategy firms. Uh, and the feedback I got was great because the feedback kind of put me in that direction. About I, I had nine years of academic engineering studying. Uh, that was very technical. No business knowledge, no business sense whatsoever. And the feedback really was around, if I were you, I would start in a technical consultancy. So you can use your technical skills and then learn the business side and it will be a gradual transition. So I joined IBM. Mm-hmm. So I got out of that interview and, inter- and basically applied to the, IB- the IBMs of the world, go IBM, joined there, and then moved to EY. So I think that's kind of put me on the right path. And then at EY, uh, say I had a f- difficult first year because my background at the time and my CV didn't have enough roles at EY. And then I played a football match uh, 
with EY and met a senior partner there um, who had, it was his first day. We just had a chat, told him about my background. Uh, I didn't know he was a partner, to be, to be honest, and then found out. Uh, I think six, seven months later, he kind of, he sold a big program that is Agile Transformation, the Transformation, and he remembered the conversation with that guy in the football pitch, and I joined the project. And since then, that's kind of how my uh, product career uh, kicked off. Wow, so it's definitely being right place, right yeah, time. Yeah, 100%. And, and talk to everyone. I think that's really nice, your mentality about like learning from what is potentially could be seen as a failure, but actually kind of then using that and springboarding you in a different direction. It's essentially got you where yeah, you are today. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I guess my next question is about kind of people that you've met and I think this touches upon what you last said about someone special. So is there someone in your life who's strongly influenced you? Obviously the guy that you met on the football pitch that was the partner um, is, is one of them, but is there anyone else that you feel has really influenced you? Yeah, I think I'm not sure about influence, but I think there are people you learn from, uh, probably influenced a lot by my parents generally. Uh, they're both very successful, they're both hard workers, uh, but they've also had this right balance. I think, uh, I was going to say we share the same priorities, but obviously they are my parents, so we kind of have to share the same principles and priorities. Uh, but it's about that kind of work-life balance. So family always comes first, friends always come first, and then work will come next and it will be okay. So I don't think I've had a point in my life where... I didn't feel that I felt like their careers were more important than the family, which I think it was a great thing for me kind of going forward. Uh, but then in, in my career, many people, I think you, when I look at my previous team at EY, there was a senior team there. And I wouldn't say there's one person I wanted to be like or kind of had as a role model, but there were aspects of each one. Like if you combine the people side of one individual with the sales side of the other individual with the delivery and knowledge, you create this perfect consultant, I think. Uh, so multiple things. Uh, same, by the way, at Palladium as well. So uh, we've got a very diverse range of uh, skills. Uh, when I look at kind of our leadership team, we are all very different. Uh, so collectively, I think we are producing value because of that. And I guess that's really driving the value right back into the customers, yeah. um, you know, development of the transformation. Yeah, and to our team as well. We're young team, we're a relatively young organisation. Uh, when they, seeing the, the kind of the leadership team being so diverse, uh, different skill sets, different even approaches to problem solving or managing a project, just gives them that range of experience, which I think is very useful. Mm-hmm. And I guess that leads me on to kind of, you've obviously got really extensive experience now in digital transformation projects, um, working with a variety of different companies and different teams. Um, is there one piece of advice that you have um, based on your experience that you kind of would like to share? Maybe one that is not really on how we deliver or what the programs are. I think like one thing that we probably all have learned on projects is that Avoid the trap of the word digital transformation because I think digital transformation comes with this perception that it ends. And the reality is it's actually more of a retrospective catch-up. Mm. You Startups don't do digital transformations for a reason because they don't need to catch up with anything. 
Mm. Um, our main, mostly, most of our clients need digital transformation because they've either fell behind or the industry has moved or they need to think about new ways to diversify and innovate. So it's more of a catch-up, but it doesn't end. So if it ends, you'll need another one in a few years' time. So it's more of the continuum of the transformation. Uh, it's probably my number one advice. Yeah. So I guess in that sense, it's like um, people being aware that it's a journey and you actually, you you guys are obviously going to need to step off at some point and hand over to some sort of internal team where they're going to need to employ some sort of internal team. Have you ever experienced any challenges within that um, where you've kind of felt like kind of what's the best way for, for the company to really continue um, embracing what you guys have set up for them? Um, and continue in the right direction rather than just forgetting it all and, like you were saying, stopping. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. The challenge is always there because the reality is when you bring an outside kind of consultancy to deliver a program, there are budget struggles and there are deliverables and all of that, which kind of stands in the way of capability transfer sometimes because we are heads down. We need to deliver on what we've contracted to do. We don't always not not we as in palladium or ey or anyone but kind of consultants in general we don't get to spend time away from delivery to to train and uh, pass on some of the capability and skills i think that is a is a big challenge but it's also we something everyone needs to do because just the nature of a consultant is we actually want to get out we need we want another project people who are in consulting are as I said earlier, it's just we want diversity. So if I don't get out, I'm going to stay there for four or five years and I, then I can just be employed by them. Uh, so I think everyone needs diversity. Everyone needs to get out. And we also need to show value. So by getting out and leaving them in a, in a, in a place where they can sustain what, they've, what they have and continue improving, that is probably the best value we can deliver. But it's not easy. Because mm-hmm. either the people are sometimes not there, uh, or they sometimes they find resistance to change, which we all see. Uh, we have very timelines are tight and short, so we also don't always have time to to sit with the people. So yeah, it's, like a, it's a mixture of challenges. Quite often, the kind of at the employee level, you get sort of a resistance in sense of oh, here's some consultants coming and telling us how to do our job. Um, which is the reality is is the consultants are coming in to make the business better so you can do your job in a more improved modern way and it's sometimes quite challenging isn't it I think we're suffering from the consulting of the 90s Mm. where consultants were there to lay off and cost cutting exercises and it is different I think right now consulting what I mean the right way to do it at least in my view is we want to improve as you said we want to give them the tools and the processes and ways of working to make their lives easier, free up some capacity for them to do the valuable stuff mm-hmm. rather than free up capacity for them to leave and find another job. That's that's not the objective. For business to grow, they need to do more with the same amount of people. So probably it's just a different way of looking at it. Mm. And if you had to do any, you had your time again, is there anything you would do differently? Uh, I, I don't know. I think everything adds to where I am now. Maybe pursue the career in football. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I could think of. No, but I think I think everything else is... Uh, I wouldn't change my degree. I wouldn't change anything in my kind of childhood. I wouldn't change choice of university, probably. 
no, nothing. Obviously, you're someone who's very much at the forefront of technology, um, of dig- seeing digital innovations being brought into businesses. Is there one piece of tech that you've seen that could be not necessarily to do with the digital transformation you've worked on, but just general tech out there in the world that you think, wow, that's pretty cool right now, or that's going to be a bit of a game changer? So kind of there's a lot of fintech businesses right now. There's a lot of those new cars, the Sterling Bank, Monzo, Revolut, all the everyone loves them. They look nice, they're colourful, great. Uh, I think there's one I got introduced to lately. It's called Curve. It's basically, it just solves a very simple problem. So a lot of people, in at least in work, you have your personal card and you have your corporate card. Uh, and we all have done the mistake of paying with the wrong card. So Curve have this functionality where you add, all, you can add all your cards to a single card, and then you pick through an app which card to use. But you also have twenty four hours to transfer a payment between cards if you've made a mistake. I for me that is just revolutionary. Like if mm-hmm. I pay my personal card for a business expense and realize it, I can just in twenty four hours just move it across. Just click of a button, so it solves a big problem in a very easy and simple way. So I'm a big fan. <laughs> I like it. It's practical as well. Is there books that you read or podcasts, or is it just the internet in general where you kind of get all your learning from? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to claim that I'm a serial book reader, but I do read books. Uh, I'm actually reading one right now. I've been reading it for a while, though. Uh, it's called Principles. It's it's about how to be successful and about some of the pitfalls you find. It kind of goes along a lot of the things I really believe in. So it's a it's an easy read for me to to confirm some of my thinking. How do you avoid kind of the two main problems of succeeding or kind of making the right decision? The two being really your ego, and so it's all of that. It's a, it's a nice read. It's an easy read. Balancing. Uh, kind of the work-life balance side of things and how you can get the best out of your team. Uh, how can you get your best out of your friends and the family. It's, uh, so it's, it's, it's really good. And are you a business book reader or do you ever read for pleasure, like oh, a novel? I, anything. I can't read a novel. I, 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 there's no way I can read a novel. It has to be something from a, with a learning point of view. I, I, just, I, get, I don't know. I don't enjoy novels. If I want to read a novel, I'll watch a film. Um, but with books, I... When I first started reading, so obviously I had a pause after my PhD because I've read so much, I didn't want to read anything else in my life probably for a while. And I started reading very technical, kind of academic type books, which was not that fun. Uh, and then I moved into types of book like Principles where they are kind of, they're not really textbooks, but they're about something in the work or in your life that's more interesting to me. So if you get stranded in Slough and only have one thing um, with you to pass the time, what is that thing? How long am I stranded for? Uh, I would say stranded in Slough, let's say four hours. Okay, that's a problem then. So battery will run out. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my first instinct was going to be, I, I definitely need something with internet access because you can do everything on the internet i can either work read play games probably if i need to watch football it's very important uh but four hours battery will run out so need access something with numbers as geeky as it sounds 
uh, I can just, I can, I, I, in a weird way, I can play with numbers and just get myself busy making weird relationships between them. Uh, license plates works generally for cars. Uh, in what way? I don't know. You see seven cars, they all have like two, three numbers in them. You can start making relationships if you take the square root of this and power of seven of this and eventually get to a common number between all of them. So, Wow, that's pretty impressive. It gets you a bit busy. Uh, I so, do while I'm driving, so I know that works. <laughs> so a Sudoku book wouldn't really cut it for pushing. No, it would work. It, Sudoku would work as well. Okay. Yeah, Sudoku would work. But there needs to be one of those more than nine boxes. I think 18 to 30. Finally, just to end on our last question, which is the world ends, but you are allowed to choose one person to spend the rest of time with. So every everyone else dies. It's a bit, a bit bleak, this one. Everyone else dies. And you get to choose one person in this planet to, dead or alive, to spend the rest of your lifetime with. Who would that be? I'll give you three answers. From a realistic point of view, so if that actually happens, I'd probably have to pick someone from my family. Uh, probably go with my sister. Uh, yeah, we're good friends. She's also my family, so it's both. I win. So two and one, really. Uh, if I think practically... So I take emotions, so if I follow my the book I'm reading and take emotions out of the equation, I would have to do an assessment on skills required to survive. <laughs> so I would need someone who's like a, a girl guide, kind of Boy Scout type person who can survive in that situation. Uh, and you also need to think about probably recreating the humankind, so probably go for the opposite sex. Um, I'd need to look at some sort of like scientist, maybe to help us kind of accelerate uh, growth like a living in encyclopedia would be great so to preserve as much of the knowledge we've got and try and build on it if i can find someone with all of these characteristics uh, that would be great i mean if you, if you know that person now i'll probably love an introduction the third probably option for me would be like if i pick someone one of like a famous person uh it will probably when i say the name it will probably be understood for the wrong reason so i'd love to meet casanova uh-huh but not because of his reputation of like a womanizer or all that. It would be interesting to, to hear from him. But there's so many things that this guy, I read a few articles about him for some reason a few years ago. Like he used to work in the church. He had a gambling problem, went to jail, fled to France, became a French spy, uh, read, wrote books, fictional, joined the army, so was a soldier. So I think if if I need someone to keep me entertained for the rest of my life, he has enough stories to, to, to keep that going. Yeah, he really would. <laughs> Good choice. Probably that would be the person. <laughs> Great. Thanks for joining us, Cal. It's Thank been you. really lovely to have you in. And um, look forward to speaking soon. Yeah, sure. Same here.